Today on the Dream Young Effect podcast, we have Ann Chappetta. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one, so check it out. And we heard some very good things about you, and we're very impressed with the things that you do and, and some of the challenges that you've had and how you've overcome those challenges. So tell us a little bit about your history, and then we can kind of get into the into the author side of what you do. Sure. Um, I uh, I'm married. I live in New York. Uh, I have two adult kids, and uh, I'm I actually just retired from working as a trauma counselor for the VA. So now I'm pursuing, you know, writing and all that fun stuff you do after you retire. So you went mm-hmm. blind in 1993. Uh, I'm hoping I'm getting that correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, I, um, I have retinitis pigmentosa, which is a genetic eye disease. It has no cure. So I was born with it. Um, I have a, a, what they call a double recessive genetic um, gene. So it, it didn't come on until I was older and it got hidden behind my other eye problems. I, I grew up very nearsighted. I had very thick, heavy glasses. That's me. From, mm-hmm, from the time mm-hmm. I was four, I had glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, this, uh, we went to a parochial school back then, a Catholic school, and the nuns thought I was stupid because I, I could never read the board because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was so far away from it. And then um, my parents finally dug in and said, well, you know, we're, we're going to, um, you know, we know our daughter's not stupid. And that's when I got, um, I, I went to a, this specialist and he took these pictures of my eyes and, and they came back saying back then it was in the early seventies, there was no name for what I had. I just mm-hmm. had really bad vision and mm-hmm. yeah. So, but wow. I, uh, I had all the classic signs and symptoms of RP and, uh, it wasn't until, um, when I was 14, I was learning how to drive. Um, and the, I almost um, crashed the car. The driver's ed instructor wasn't very happy because <laughs> mm. I didn't see something. <laughs> and he was like, what is your problem? Anyway, so um, I didn't see the big orange flag in front of my face. That's, okay. you know, on the side of my vision, like, you know, to the, my peripheral vision is really bad. So okay. I never drove. So then I started uh, just, you know, doing the public transportation thing and, riding my bike and all that. And then um, when I came, when I was in New York and I met my husband and I was, I was, you know, working and doing the regular stuff that everybody does. um, I started noticing some problems, but I ignored them because they were just little problems, you know. Um, But by then I was like night blind. If I went out at night and I didn't have a flashlight, uh, it was like somebody just pulled the shades over my eyes. And, uh, it was really scary and I got, yeah, um, got really afraid to go out at night. I think that's when all that, that anxiety started about, you know, losing my vision. Um, and then when I had my son, I wanted to go back to work and I was, uh, uh, I was doing like, uh, designing Lucite furniture and doing sketches and that kind of stuff. And I couldn't see the pencil drawings anymore. And I was holding things up really close to my face and that wasn't helping. Uh, I couldn't see the calculator numbers, you know, on the calculator, yeah, on yeah. my desk, those kinds of things. And I finally mm-hmm. decided to, um, to go to a specialist and he diagnosed me with RP. And then um, that's when the commission for the blind came in and helped me. And uh, it took about 10 years for me to really 
get my life back together to uh, to a point that I felt confident, go back to work, um, and pursue the things that I had put off because I was going blind. Yeah, yeah. so I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. yeah. But um, you seem to be coping very well. You took it in stride, and and you know you're <laughs> making lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. 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 Well, I congratulations. Thank you. Um, but it, there was a, a about a year or so where I was just so depressed and so isolated, and I just felt like I couldn't, I couldn't cope. And there mm. were people there to help me pull out of that. And if it wasn't for those people. I don't know where I'd be today. So I had help. Um, I had caring people to help me out. And that's, that's like great. the point. Anybody going through any type of process like me, similar, whether it's vision loss or hearing loss or whatever, get help. Find people to help because they're there. Yeah. 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 And what is the name of the organization again, Anne, that, that assisted you? Uh, the Commission for the Blind and the Visually Impaired in New York State. It's it's like um Department of the Children and Family Services Division. Okay. And they're and they're specially trained to help people with visual impairments to um to access uh resources and finances to help you live a productive life. Uh Beautiful. Right. Beautiful. Yeah. I think that's going to help. And I think your story is going to help a lot of people. And yeah. so, um, so thanks for sharing that aspect of your life. Sure. Cause I think that was yeah. critical to really know where you're at today. Tell us a little bit more about your writing and why you became an author and then tell us about some of your projects. Sure. Uh, well, my writing was always part of me. Like I said, I was very creative and you know, I, the visual arts before I lost my vision, I was into visual art. I'd painted, I sketched, I loved going to the museum, and I had enough vision back then to really be wowed by all that. So okay. I was really into all that graphic novels, yeah. all that stuff, you know, <laughs> and um, that's what kind of got me, you know, kind of started. And then when I lost my vision, I used my poetry and my writing to help me cope. You know, mm. it was a way for me to externalize the, the problems I was having coping or feeling, feeling lost or, you know, um, that, that sense of just, I wanted to get those feelings out of me because, you know, they were hurting me. So, yeah, yeah. um, so I started writing poetry and then, um, when I was in college, I did a lot of English uh, classes along with the psychology classes I took and my professors really liked what I wrote. So, you know, I had mentors along the way and it just kind of built upon itself. And one day I started sending my poetry out to these little um, little uh, poetry reviews, you know, the little chapbook people that, you know, they take the, they print stuff and fold it and staple it and they call it a book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what yeah. I was doing. Right. <laughs> but they liked my stuff. So I, was, I kept sending it and I kept getting better and I took more classes. And when I was in college and graduate school, I did a lot of uh, professional writing, you know, as a marriage and family therapist, we had to learn how to write for the profession. And I didn't like that very much because it was very dry and mm. it was just like, la, 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 la. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I liked the creative stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's how it started. So um, I kept all my, all my poetry and I just kept building a collection. And, uh, you know, I, I thought about, well, one day, you know, maybe I'll get into a book or blah, blah, blah. And, mm. and then, um, you know, after college, uh, I think after I realized I didn't want to write for the professional um, part, you know, the clinical part, I mean, I didn't mind writing my notes and doing essays once in a while and stuff, um, but it just, that just wasn't me. So I 
decided I wanted to start a blog. And so I started a blog and um, I got a lot of interest when I forgot my first guide dog and I started writing about my life with my first guide dog. Okay. And that is how it started. Wow. Um, yeah. That's a beautiful yeah. thing. Good. And so, and so how many books are you in now? Are you, are you on your first, second, third, what? Fifth. Fifth. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that awesome. I just, I just finished a novel. Um, and, and, uh, uh, my, um, my, uh, one, two, three, fourth audio book, uh, is up on audible.com and it's called words of life, poems and essays. Just, we just, and I'm a narrator and the writer. So it's my no. first Beautiful. dual. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's fun. It's, it's yeah, fun, you know, and it, yeah. it really satisfies, uh, that, that part of my creativity that, that keeps me grounded and keeps me going. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. I've been trying to write a book for years now. I know how hard it is, and it takes a lot of brain power and self-motivation to actually sit down and get it done. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I commend you to that. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. And just in general, yeah. just being creative is, is is an outlet for a lot of people. Like it's an outlet for me as well. I'm I'm just into the music side of things. I love creating music mm -hmm. in my spare time. Oh, and um, cool. it's just an outlet. It's, it's, it's a form of therapy. And it's a yep. good, if you happen to make money doing it, or if you happen to, you know, yeah. actually publish things and you share with the world, that's even better. Yep. That's even better than when you can take your art and share with the masses. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's that's exactly, you said it. I, I want to share. I, I mean, if I make money from it, great. But my point is to, you know, make connections with others through my writing. If that's, that's the one right. thing that I can um, leave in this, uh, in this world after I'm gone, my writing then then i've i've accomplished something you know yeah. that's you know so yeah, i agree yeah, I that's important i agree important to leave a legacy yeah. of some of some type yeah. of legacy on this planet you know to just to say that you walked the earth that you've been here so i i, I agree mm -hmm. with that mindset and yeah. what is the name of your last book so the most recent book the most recent book uh, let me go through them all. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there's uh, Upwelling Poems. That's 2016. And that's, you know, they're all available at Amazon and on Audible and all that. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's Follow Your Dog, A Story of Love and Trust. That's my memoir. Um, and then there's uh, Words of Life, Poems and Essays. And uh, a short story collection called The String of Stories, From the Heart to the Future. Uh, and then the, the new book... Um, uh, the title is called Hope for the Tarnished, and it's a novel, a uh, coming-of-age novel. So. Okay. Nice. Okay. Okay. okay now, yeah. is, there, is there anything um, that we haven't touched on that you would like to express? Well, you know, the floor is yours, you know, to kind of tell our viewers, you know, whatever you would like them to know. I think um, going back to the, the disability thing, um, especially, especially if you're – if um, I know there are a lot of people uh, my age and older that may be experiencing vision loss later in life. And it, I mean, I, I mean, I was 28, so I was still, you know, young or on the young mm -hmm. spectrum, younger, mm -hmm. and I was able to adapt, um, pretty well, but, you know, um, in my work with, um, with other blind people, especially older adults, I think it's really important that we try to reach out to them and give them the tools that they can, uh, identify with, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, not, I mean, they may not be technology savvy so you know simple things sometimes really help um and i think it's really important to um to be their coaches you know yeah. and say hey yeah. you know you know uh you know and, and show them 
you know, that, you know, it's as simple as putting a rubber band around a ketchup bottle hmm. and you know, it's the ketchup. So wherever meet people, wherever they need to be met, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and just go with it. And, uh, I think that's really important. And, um, you know, and young people too, I mean, they, you know, they, they need to be prepared, especially if, um, they've been visually impaired since they were young. Um, and, um, you know, I think it's just important to help each other and coach yeah, each yeah. other through and, um, yeah, so that's great. That's great. Yeah. And so, and so I want you to plug your website a little bit and plug on um, any social media platforms that you're currently on so people can get in touch with you. Sure. Uh, my, uh, my website is anchepetta.com and you spell my name A N N C H I A P P E T T A. I have a blog called thought dash wheel.com. Um, and, uh, you can find me uh, on Facebook, Annie Chapetta, and um, on Twitter, I'm Annie Dungarees. <laughs> <laughs> and Dungarees, how do you spell that? <laughs> it's uh, it's um, D U N G A R E E S. Yeah, that's an old old name yeah. for pair yeah, jeans. I, was about to say, I, yes. I haven't heard the word Dungarees since <laughs> I was a, a jit. Yeah, <laughs> Yes. Denim pants. Yeah. We're telling our age. We're telling our age. All right. Me too. I'm like, what we used to call them. Yeah. 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 So, Anya, we would like to thank you for being on the Dream Young Effect podcast. Once again, we truly appreciate your time, everything that you're doing out in the community, or the people that you assist with the books that impact other people's lives in a positive way. We just thank you for being a guest today on the Dream Young Effect podcast. You've just watched the Dream Young Effect podcast. And I just want to let you know, we want to thank you for all of your comments. We want to thank you for your likes. And we definitely want to thank all of our subscribers and people who haven't subscribed. Go ahead and do so. If you want to donate, we appreciate any donation. And we are a 501c3, so it is a non-taxable donation.